Welcome to Girlfriends of a Certain Age, a podcast for women in midlife. We are busy living our best lives. I'm your co-host, Plushay Hesh. I'm a business coach and work-life balance expert for women. And I'm your co-host, Jessica Neighbor. I'm a voice coach for vocalists and public speakers online at Impact Vocal Coaching. We are girlfriends in real life, and in every episode, we'll discuss a different hot topic about becoming wise women, recovering from being a good girl, and not giving a bleep anymore. If you identify as a girlfriend of any age and you want to join our conversation, join us on Instagram, YouTube, and girlfriendsofacertainage.com. Girlfriend, welcome back. Hey, girlfriend. This is pretty exciting. This is our first two-part episode on a topic that you and I are very, very excited to talk about. Yeah, we're thinking this might need to be more than two parts, but we're going to start with it. (laughs) Give it two parts at least. Absolutely. On being the good girl, the good girl pressure. Yeah. So if you missed part one, I I think it's pretty important for you to have sort of this understanding of what we're talking about and what our shared definition is of a good girl. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't heard that episode, pause this one, give yourself a little, little time to go listen to that, for that uh, the first episode first. It's got the same title as this, but it's part one. And mm-hmm. you, if you want to follow along and do the work, you want to workshop this, go ahead and uh, click down below in the liner notes. We made a workbook for you and we are going to walk you through the workbook. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, the idea is that we're going to be expanding on the question so that when you get to it, you know what we were asking you about. And I also want to remind you that Jessica and I are not uh, licensed psychotherapists. Mm -hmm. And if this topic is feeling too hot for you, if it's triggering you, if it's upsetting you in any way, that's really good information. I would take the workbook with you to your next therapy session, or if you're working with a coach and work it with them. And of course it goes without saying, um, but if you don't have a therapist, this might be a really great time for you to go find someone to help hold your hand through the process of your own good girl recovery or join a group or something like that so that Mm -hmm. you are getting what you need in this process. But with that said, let's go ahead and get right into it. We're going, you know, the questions in the workbook are numbered. So we'll just just follow along with us. Feel free to pause if you need time to fill in your answer. Okay. I love it. Let's get started with the first one, which is the invitation for you to unpack your story or your history. Maybe you do it as a timeline. Her story. (laughs) Her story of being a good girl. You heard us in the last episode do that for you, just really short and sweet. What was that arc for us? And how did we get to the point of deciding it's time to get some help? And then if you know, if you have some understanding of how did you get trained to be this way? And Mm -hmm. you heard me say in the first episode, yeah, I don't fully know all the details of this, that, and the other. And you Mm -hmm. know what? I don't really care anymore. And it's okay Mm -hmm. if you feel that way too. Mm -hmm. So put what makes sense for you. But the idea is for you to take ownership of your story, ownership of what happened to you. Were you trained to grow this way? Did you choose to be this Mm -hmm. way? 
it's okay, no matter what it is. And no one is going to see this unless you choose to share it with them. So right. be as honest with it as, as you want to be. I would also say, write down the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. It's yeah. such a great exercise too, to answer that question, because when you look at your past, it informs the relationships you made and what kind of relationships and if there's a pattern and, you know, if you're, if you're at a point in your life where you're really addressing what kinds of relationships you want to have, I think this is such a great uh, inner work to actually help you with everyone you're relating to in your life. That's so true. <clears throat> That's Absolutely. So I love What's it. Next? Okay. Okay. So after you've done your kind of like, you know, reviewing your story, uh, number two, what is the cost of being a good girl? Why do you want to stop being so good? And this is an excellent question. Like, what is the breaking point for you right now? What is it that is making you go, no, no more? or what has been that progression that has set that off for you? And what is the cost if we continue to be good girls or looking back in your life, what was the cost? What did you have to swallow? What could you not express? What could you not do maybe because you were too busy being a good girl? Uh, so the, that's a really important um, question that is two parts. Again, what is the cost of being a good girl and why do you want to stop being so good? Mm, yeah. Did you want to add anything one. else to that, Plache? Yeah. No, I, I think I think it's sort of a, it, I think you did a beautiful job of expanding on it. Mm. I just, I, I, I'm getting chills. I'm excited mm. to see what other women come up with you yeah. know, in, in exploring this for themselves, because most of us are so busy living our lives and working and taking care of others and doing all the things we do, wearing all the hats that we wear Yeah, to take the time and understand this for ourselves is incredibly powerful and, mm -hmm. um, a little bit subversive, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> it's something that I think the culture doesn't really want us spending time doing. Mm -mm. but it's a gift we give ourselves. And this stage of life is ripe for us exploring ourselves. Yeah. So with that, let's go on to number three, girlfriends. What are you afraid will happen if you stop taking care of everyone else? Ooh. You heard me in the last episode say there, there was a, there's been a big cost the different times I've, I've stood up and, and said something. And then I found power through that. So for you to sort of understand I think oftentimes we get into these dynamics with people and there are these underlying threats, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they're even unspoken in our families or in our work environments or in our relationships. So for you to give yourself some time to think about, mm -hmm. well, what are you afraid of? What is the worst mm -hmm. that could happen if you mm -hmm. stop putting everyone else first? Ooh. Big question. And like your experience was that, you know, some, some pushback really did happen. Uh, other people might fear that it does. It, you might be pleasantly surprised. It, it may not be as, you know, difficult as you thought, but you, the fear of doing it might be holding you back maybe from something that's happened in your past. So that's I think okay. that's a really important thing to do because I know that for myself, the more truthful and honest I'm being, which is definitely not a good girl role, 
the more I'm really feeling like I'm really connecting to my myself and to other people in a in a just much more honest way. And it's so much more rewarding. So I think when I think about how I would answer that question, I think I feared more what was going to happen than what actually happened. Except in one case, which leads me to the next question. Number four, who are the toxic people in your life? And are you afraid of them? And I think that Flashe and I can both relate to having some very powerful toxic people early in our lives. And that definitely did need to unpack, you know, we had to unpack that uh, in a big way. Um, so to make it safe and to have really clear boundaries for myself when I, you know, broach the subject and, and there's lots of different ways that you can untangle yourself, you know, you can do it in a direct way, you can, you can do it in letters, you can, uh, you there's, there's so many options. So I think sometimes when we think about naming a narcissist and 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 what we would do uh we think of this very like confrontational way uh it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't so, no no so yeah just from my own personal experience it can be a very like soft uh and very very healing process absolutely well said well said yeah Thank you. absolutely so let's go on to number five great for mm -hmm. you to select one relationship dynamic to tackle. So maybe your trickiest person or maybe your least tricky person, right? It could mm -hmm. be someone who sits next to you at work. It could be a relative. It could be a neighbor. It could be any number of people. Mm -hmm. But I want you to write out your the desired new behaviors. The behaviors from you, girlfriend, and the behaviors of that person. Yeah. So kind of a flip the script, if you mm -hmm. will, and just simply have a little daydream, a little fantasy of what that could be, what it could look like from your, like what would make you happiest. Right? Yes. Yes. And I think oftentimes we forget, just like Jessica said in the last, uh, in the last question, that there's a way this could be a win, win for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, you setting boundaries doesn't mean that the other person has to lose. Right. And generally when you set boundaries, it's so that everyone can win. So everybody feels safe. Right. And, and most normal, well-adjusted people will respect those. And the folks that Absolutely. don't are the red flags. Oftentimes a really good test for to test if someone is toxic or narcissistic mm -hmm. in your life is to just say no uh -huh. and see how they respond. Yes. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. Can they handle? Yeah. No, that's Can a big one. Can they handle? One. No. Can they and, handle? Uh, no. It's as that easy as that. Is a very basic boundary. Um, that two-year-olds are usually pretty good at, but it gets pull, pulled out of us oh, yeah. or, we, or we let it go, yeah. right? Or it's a combination. So have Wonderful. some fun with this. Have some yeah. fun with, with what you want it to look like. All right. And next question, number six, is to ask an ally slash champion to support your new way of being. Lean on them intensely during your first boundary setting experience. Have them hold your hand. That is such a great idea. Uh, and I'll say that as well as my therapist, I definitely had my, my tribe, my inner circle, knowing what I was going through. I didn't tell everybody. I only told a select few because it was just really nice to have that support. Is this worth it? You know, you can start to self uh, uh, doubt yourself, 
question it, uh, you know, those good girl tendencies might kick in again. So really finding at least one real true ally who sees you, really respects you and is going to support you. And, and hopefully they get it. They get who you're talking about. Uh, you know, they might see the picture too. It makes such a huge difference, especially because it is a moody process doing this. And uh, they can they can really help remind you of the big picture when you're in the in the midst of it all. So uh, you know, think of that person. And you know, you could even be really explicit with them and say, "Hey, I'm really taking this thing on. Can I lean on you?" You know, and to just like ask that friend explicitly, can you can you be here for me through this process? And I bet you they will be so flattered and so honored. And if they just have way too much on their plate, but they're your good friend, they'll also let you know that too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when I think back on this process for myself and who I chose as the allies, somehow I intuitively knew to go to the people who had been in my ear for some time telling me something ain't right there. How can you be uh-huh. friends with so-and-so? What is going on? This person doesn't uh-huh. seem like your person. You're still dating uh-huh. that person? What after mm. that thing that we saw at the show? And wait, what? Those were the people I went to. You know, I gosh, I kind of disregarded what you said. You know, one mm-hmm. of them, one of the narcissists, my own mother had been saying to me for years. Oh, you're still friends with them. Hmm. You know, last time she was over, I was just really concerned about some dynamics. My own mother, I was like, oh, oh, okay. You know, mom, <laughs> she had a rough childhood, mom. She's uh-huh. been through things, right? Like I was right. enabling. Yeah. But I went back to those people, hat in hand. I didn't listen to you when you were supporting me and telling me I was dating a bum. I had a toxic friend who did not have my best interest at heart. I am so sorry. I didn't listen to you. And thank you for having my back. Cause now look at what crazy pants went and did. Yeah. Now I'm done. Will you help me? Will you love me through this process? Because turns out you were right. Yes. (laughs) Those will be really good people for you to lean on because a, they feel just like you disregarded their opinion and they were looking out for you. And they've been watching craziness go down in your life for who knows how long, or they can reflect that back to you and strengthen your spine. That's what really happened for me. It strengthened my spine. Oh, right. Other people I like, know, and trust saw that I was in a bad situation and they're there for me now to get me out of it. So if you're wondering and and scratching your head, who could help you? That's a good place to start. Right. One thing to add on to that too, if you are an ally or someone who's supporting someone else going through um, this kind of process, um, this has been coming up a lot in our culture lately. I've been listening to some different excellent podcasts on cults and cult recovery. And one of the things people will say is, you know, you can let someone know that you're concerned about them. And if and when they do come back to you for help, don't tell them I told you so never shame someone they're going to be ready to recover when they're ready and the best thing you can do is love them let them know you are ready to go for it with them but really even though i know it's so tempting to go how many times did i tell you this and you pushed back on me and this and that and the other 
try to be the bigger friend and just say, I'm absolutely here for you. Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by the five minute work-life balance digital workbook. Do you need help achieving work-life balance? I will teach you how to take back your time and your life. You can forget about feeling guilty, overwhelmed, and out of balance. You will discover the nine unexpected strategies to achieve work-life balance. My name is Fleshe Hesh, trained as a marriage and family therapist turned business coach and a work-life balance expert for women of a certain age. I'm the mom of two. I'm a CEO, published author, and a podcaster. So today you can get access to the digital workbook, my online course, and me, your coach for $29. This is available for a limited time and the link is below. Yeah, number seven. So take a deep breath for this one, girlfriends. Be prepared for the backlash, right? Because it might be coming. There could be gossip. The the person who you had to set a boundary with could discard you, turn their back on you, flip the story that you were telling, make themselves Mm -hmm. into the victim. They will Mm -hmm. shame you. They will gaslight you or worse. They just act all kinds of crazy, start doing weird things. It can happen. It can happen. It's another reason why you need an ally, why you need help or support. And if someone you think maybe is dangerous, you definitely want to get yourself a licensed therapist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really, really key thing to think about. Uh, Great. Okay, number eight, be prepared for feeling elated and the hangover effect. It can be intense. Yeah. Right. So how you feel after you set boundaries with someone who you have allowed to not treat you well, or you have mm. involved in a dynamic or things aren't going well, yeah. when you do, you know, plant that flag, draw the, draw the line in the sand and say, yeah. no, no more. Yeah. You could feel elated. Like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just won the lottery. It's all I had to do was say no. All I had to do was stop it engaging in that thing which yeah. could be really exciting, or you could mm-hmm. feel really regretful. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. And that's more what I'm calling the hangover effect of like, oh gosh, why did I do that? Why did I have, why did I, what gave me the courage to think I could stand up to so-and-so? What, why did I think mm. I could do that? So I think there can be a lot of different feelings and they can flip-flop and it can come in waves um, that those feelings can be intense and they can be surprising. And even in one moment, you're feeling elated. The next moment you're feeling regretful that you shouldn't have said anything and sh- mm-hmm. shaming yourself and gaslighting yourself. So it's more about mm-hmm. being prepared um, emotionally, not just for the practical things that could happen, but for the what you tell yourself, how you mm-hmm. support yourself in, in that process. Okay, I totally get that now. Well, maybe I'll ask the the final question and because I think I can understand this one at first glance more. Um, enjoy the feeling of freedom on the other side. Oh, and then we have now comes the hard part. Yeah, and we can get into that right. in a moment. But I think that that is so important to enjoy it, celebrate it, really love yourself up for, for being so brave, for taking a stance on not being a good girl, on really, you know, going to your truth and, and speaking it uh, is key. 
All right. Um, but I, I do think it's important that we not just look at the process of unhooking ourselves from something mm -hmm. that's not healthy for us, mm -hmm. but you know, we, we're calling this good girl recovery. Mm -hmm. When we hear people talk about being in recovery, it's like, yeah. um, they're always an addict right? or mm -hmm. hi, I'm cliche. I'm a recovering good girl. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that we're never fully on the other side. It's almost like they're little strings pulling mm -hmm. us back into the mm -hmm. old way of being because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's it's what we know. It's what mm -hmm. we grew up with. And mm -hmm. so it's really important to um, ready ourselves for mm -hmm. this brave new world. Mm. And so by calling it a recovery process, we can do that. You can read books about codependence. You can read books about, um, you know, all, you know, and all the different kinds of addiction or, or, um, uh, all the different kinds of narcissists. There's all kinds the of narcissists, the malignant, there's like the so covert. much there. Yeah. There's so much more in our culture right now. So much awareness around narcissists and, uh, you know, people taking them on and really deeply discussing them. So yeah, there's so many great resources out there for yeah. us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's important to think of yourself as being in a recovery process. So get the yeah. support that you need and yeah. maintain it. Yeah. Right. Because so many people, you know, dealing with it, and I do think of this like as like being like an addiction, but so mm -hmm. many people who are trying to stop taking drugs or stop mm -hmm. overspending or stop their alcoholism, they have to always remind themselves that will always be a go-to when they feel stressed, sure. when they feel anxious, when they're grieving, when they're hurting for whatever reason, they might go back to bad habits. Yeah. And so might we, so we're right. never really out of the woods right. and by keeping this conversation going, by listening to a podcast like this, it, it keeps us engaged in, right. I've got to keep taking care of myself. I've got to right. always, every single day, I need to set good boundaries for myself. Yes. And I have to say for myself, being a parent now has really helped me with that mm -hmm. because now I'm raising these kiddos. Mm -hmm. I want them to have good boundaries. One of my kids has already dealt with a narcissist mm. and I had to teach him. Mm -hmm. I had to teach him what it looks like, what yeah. naming the different parts of it. It's mm. been fascinating yeah. to be able to do that. Because imagine if you and I had someone when we were kids yeah. teaching us about toxicity, teaching us when we were in bad situations, teaching us the different parts of it so we could stop personalizing it and say, yeah. oh, that's just right. part of the playbook. That's right. Just what, oh, it's not personal. No, it's not about me. And I love oh. what you I love what you say about the recovery piece, too, for those of us who might be, you know, in this kind of middle age category and recovering. Uh, you know, I think there's this fallacy that or this um, sort of expectation in our culture, too, of like, I fixed it and it is fixed forever. I have arrived and now I am here. And I, that is very much connected to that good girl fantasy, you know, that like and now the story is happily ever after. So what does it actually mean to you know, be in recovery or to be in more of like a discovery about the new parts of yourself. It's, it's an ongoing, you know, discovery that you're always doing. And it's not just this like one and done and it's wrapped thing, but how great, because then that means we can always be living and learning from our experiences, even the most painful ones, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great reminder. Great reminder. So you mean to tell me, Flache, that we aren't going to do this like great question and then we're just done. We can just fold this away and be be good for the rest of our lives. No, no, no. All right. It's like it's yep. like reading a book on potty training and 
one time and then yep. thinking you've got all the different parts and all the yep. different scenarios. It, right. it just isn't how it works. You know, right. if you really want to learn something, you probably have to read it or listen to it a couple of times, mm -hmm. sit with it, get, you know, talk to other people about it. I, I think all of us, I know I was surprised how many other people identify with being a recovering good girl in my own mm -hmm. life. And now we go out for coffee and we talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's been so healing to be reminded, mm -hmm. right? It's not just me. There is something right. in the culture. There is something in the way a lot of us were raised. Absolutely. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's um, what makes me feel less alone. Yeah. And to, to be able to talk about this and on this platform and yeah. to speak to so many other women about this with you and like having yeah. you hold my hand in this process. Yeah. So empowering. It feels like yeah. another level of my own healing yes. from what I've been through. And yeah. we, most of us, you know, can't help others with something until we've gone through it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so here we are. This is part of our healing process. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll say that it was all worth it with what I did. It was just absolutely all worth it. It makes me wiser for, you know, other narcissists coming my way in my life. And it just makes me more intentional about how I relate to others and relate to parts of myself. Uh, so it's, it's, it's well worth it, even though it is hard. It's a hard um, task to do. So you guys who are sitting down and who are, you know, thinking about these questions and thinking about these answers, I would just, I would just encourage you to allow that good and bad and vulnerable part of yourself to, to come out in this because that's okay. The, the more of yourself you can bring to it, the more honest you're going to be. And that's really all we can be at the end of the day is really honest with ourselves. So allow, allow that without judgment, allow that without critiquing. And, you know, we're here for you because, uh, we've been there and, had to had to challenge those those little uh, voices that said, "Oh, what did you just say? What did you just feel?" Yep, I went there. I just went there, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, I think it's, so, it's such a great note to end on. Mm. It is so worth it. You know, our hope and our intention with this two part session is empowerment. Mm -hmm. It's your empowerment. If um, you know, it's time for you to step up your your uh, you know, good girl recovery process, you know, we encourage you and we support you and we stand here on the other side saying that it was worth it. It was worth for, for us and our, our own process and, and the, the friends and family that we know and love. Um, I personally don't know of any situation where it wasn't worth it, you know, but when you going down the wrong road, it's never too late to turn around. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's really important to listen to your own truth and to know what's important to you. And, you're, and one, you're... one caveat that I think is responsible for us to pick up is if it's ever a situation where you actually feel like you could be in danger <clears throat> um, or um, that there's a threatening environment because there are those narcissists who can be violent and scary, then you are going to wanna ensure that you're in a safe place. Um, and I think that's all the more reason to really get guidance. A social worker, a healthcare provider can also give you some opportunities and options uh, because that is going to be something where you absolutely want to make sure you're safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we just are so excited to be on this journey with you, you yeah. know, the highs and the lows of it. 
Yeah. And Brenda, I want to thank you for showing up today, for showing up for yourself. Yes. And um, till next time. All right, girlfriends, hang in there. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today to Girlfriends of a Certain Age podcast. Do you have a girlfriend who needs to hear this message? Share this episode with her. She will love you forever. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for more episodes where we discuss more hot topics about girlfriends living their best lives. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and girlfriendsofacertainage.com.